0: Good morning. Welcome to Pan Dulce, a sweet and delicious podcast created by Cinco Puntos Press. I am Lee Bird, the president and co-publisher of Cinco Puntos Press. We are a fiercely independent press located in El Paso, Texas, on the U.S.-Mexico border. We have been in business for 35 years and specialize in publishing books we love that reflect the world we live in we especially love bilingual books for children. Today, our Pan Dulce will be a conversation between two authors who are passionate about writing for children. They are Cynthia Weil, Cindy Weil, and Emma Otegi. So grab a cup of coffee and a sweetbread and let's get started. So Emma, this is my first time meeting you, so I would love it if you would just give us some background information.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Emma Otegi. I am from New York City. I write books for children that focus on the contemporary Latino experience in the United States and also about Latin American history. Um, I was raised in a bilingual Cuban-American household here in New York. And so um that experience very much informs my work, as does my previous work as a um, historian with a focus on colonial Latin America, um, has also informed a lot of the work I do for children.
0: Oh, that's great. And, and today we're going to be talking about your book about Jose Marti, and I'm curious
1: if that's your first book? Yes, my first book was Martí's Song for Freedom, Martí Sus por la Libertad. It's a bilingual picture book about the life of Cuban poet and national hero, José Martí.
0: Okay, and I do want to say that um, Emma's book was published by Lee and Lo, and under the imprint of Children's Book Press and... We've been in business long enough to know and love Children's Book Press in its original form and also to be colleagues with Lee and Lowe. So we're very pleased to be presenting this book um, along with Cindy's book. And Cindy, would you take a minute to introduce yourself and tell us what you do and where you live and where you're from?
2: Sure. I'm Cindy Weil. I presently live in New York City, and I'm director of the Center for Children's Literature at Bank Street College. Uh, I'm trained as an art historian, and I worked for many years as a Spanish teacher and also uh, in bilingual education. I did my dissertation work in Oaxaca, Mexico, around a series of bilingual concept books where I worked very closely with artisans, from Oaxaca, where they developed the work, and uh, we used it to teach children um, basic things in Spanish and English. And um, I am currently working on my eighth book with Cinco Puntos in the
0: series. Yes, and we are very, very proud of what Cindy's done. The book that we're that she's going to be talking about. Is um, Well, she can talk about any of her books that she'd like, but the book that we have before us today is Let's Work, which is an early concept book, um, talking about the different things that people do in their lives, using figures that are no bigger than your thumb, maybe quarter, they're very tiny, and they're, they're woven, so they're quite lovely. Um, Cindy, and no, yeah, and let's start with Emma. Emma. Um, how did you come to decide to write books for young children? And and actually, your book that you've written about Jose Marti is actually for elementary age children. So, how did you come to write for that age group? And have you um, also extended yourself to write for other age groups?
1: Yeah, and um, so I have always been interested in children's books when I was in high school. I used to volunteer at the public library at Story Hour. And I just fell um completely in love with picture books and with children's books more more broadly. Um so I, I really credit I, I, I think that my interest in children's books really has very deep roots and, and goes back to um the public library in my community as well as the school libraries um that I had access to as a kid. And so I was always a reader. I was always interested in children's books. Um, as an undergraduate, I actually studied children's books. I wrote an undergraduate thesis about children's literature. And so it had always been a part of my life. And then I was also a teacher. So I taught first at a farm-based education program in the Hudson Valley in New York State. And then later on as a through K-8 Spanish teacher at a parochial school. Um, and during that time, when I was teaching Spanish, I had all of the grades um, because when you're at a school where Spanish is a special, you actually just see see all of the kids. Um, it was once a week for the elementary school and twice a week for the middle school students. And so, I got exposed to a lot of different age ranges, and I got to think a lot about how to talk to kids about Latino culture and identity and history. Um, and then that continued when I went to graduate school. I I I maintained an interest in how to talk to kids about these topics and to how to share a culture and history that means a lot to me with them. And so I I felt that I was learning all of these fascinating and interesting things about about history, about history um in Latin America, about certainly about, you know, connections between Spain and Latin America. And and also about connections between the U.S. and Latin America, and how we got to be where we are right now, with a quarter of children in the United States being Latino, and and what does that world look like, and how can we celebrate um, these children, and also how can we how can we make sure that our histories and our stories are being told, and so I really became interested in how you communicate and. Um, how you communicate big and difficult concepts to children. And so I I never really stopped writing for children. I just kept at it.
0: That's great. That's great. And, and history of a country that's not the U.S. at this point in time, because U.S. history is the focus, of course, here, history about other countries is really critically important. And we, we see that in El Paso about Mexican history as well. Cindy? How did you come to publish books for young children? How did you get to that spot?
2: Okay, I'm going to
0: try and make a long
2: story very short, <laughs> but uh I failed to mention earlier that at one point I also worked in humanitarian assistance and uh mm-hmm. I was I was working um actually in Vietnam and uh I I was working for an NGO, an international NGO and on the weekends i love to go into some of the um craft villages there and i'd talk to the different artisans and say you know you paint that a different color and and uh you know you can make that more saleable or you know change this change that and i bet you get more customers and so i lived I I lived on the edge of the um tourist district district and on the way to work every morning I um saw these incredible embroidered panels um that that they were so lovely but I I could see technically they were very beautiful but the colors weren't vibrant um they just they needed some help so one day I was in a tourist cafe and uh, I read about this embroidery village um, and I ended up meeting the uh, head artisan of the village and I brought him antique woodblock prints to copy. Um, and the effect was so lovely. I looked at it and I thought that would make a fantastic children's book. <laughs> uh, so, that, so that was my first book, Ten Mice for Tet. And... Um, when I came back to the United States to do my doctoral work, um, I was casting about for a dissertation project, but also more projects working with artisans. And I remembered my time in Oaxaca, Mexico, and the beautiful popular arts there. And so I thought, you know, I remember those beautiful wooden um Creatures they, they make in Mexico, and wouldn't that make a cool alphabet book? Um, so working on an alphabet book uh, with some local artisans um, became the focus of my dissertation, but it also became my first book, Abecedarios with Cinco Puntos Press, um and so again we're now working on our eighth book together and it's really my pleasure to see these artisans recognized for their lifetime achievements in, in these
0: books so it it sounds to me that both of you are in your work working with children is you're trying to show them different things and bring different things to their attention that maybe they wouldn't otherwise see or um or hear about so so what do you think what do you think the two of you what what makes a great book for for kids either for early readers or for for elementary what what do you think are the elements of a great book or or is it kind of uh just a chance i don't know it's just, it's sort of an amazing coming together give me some ideas about a great books for kids that have they, how they become great books for kids.
1: Uh, Emma, do you want to go first or? Oh, um, oh, oh, sure. Or you can go first and I can go. Either in. one what of you, you
0: can chime in.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I, I'd have to say what I really love about my books. And I, I actually uh, got a, a letter from um, the, Mexican ambassador to the United States one day about this, but when he looked at the work that uh we were producing in terms of putting Mexican popular arts uh in concept books, he said, you know, for children for children of Mexican ancestry growing up in the United States, we so appreciate their being in touch with their culture uh in a way that they wouldn't be otherwise. Um, so I, I think that's a, a really important fringe benefit of the books um, but i i also I, I think that a great picture book is one where both the text and the illustration work hand in hand and one enlarges the other they they, they there's a symbiosis um so that that to me, is what makes a great early picture book, certainly for older children uh one that invites dialogue and discussion, um where the illustrations uh, open up discussions and they lead children to further discovery.
1: And mm. um, I love what Cindy just said about dialogue books that invite dialogue, discussion and discovery. Those are three. D's that I'm going to I'm writing down in my notebook right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> ghost ghost in the Yeah, um that's a beautiful way of framing it. I think that for me the question of what makes a great book for kids is that it all comes back to book access for me, in that um I find that what makes books great for kids really varies from child to child. And there are certain um certain books and certain techniques that writers employ, I think do make books more appealing to a broader number of children. Certainly the way we build a complete narrative into a picture book. Um, I think there's something so satisfying about, um, a really complete narrative arc that, um, creates, creates tension and then resolves it in a satisfying way. Um, that certainly i would say you know most of the books i have i love have those narrative elements but i also find that children enter books in different ways they connect to them in different ways there are details of um certain books that that really speak to some children and that don't speak to others so to me in terms of what makes a great book for kids i think the answer is actually living in a society that makes a great number of very high quality books available to children is what, um, is what enables books to find the the kids to find the books that will be great for them. Um, I always say for Martí's song for freedom, José Martí is an unusual figure because he was both a poet and a political actor. And so I, um, there are a lot of children who connect with my book because they they like war stories and they like the independence struggle and that's exciting to them and there are also um children who connect with matthi's song for freedom because they like poetry and they like beautiful vistas of the countryside and those are all um very valid reasons for children to to connect with a book
2: i you know i'm i i agree with everything you've said and i Marty also lived in the United States, so there's that connection. I, I have to say, um, in Marty, the illustrations are so lovely. Um, it really draw. They draw children in. They're, they're sort of naive and realistic.
0: Uh huh.
2: Um, there's a lot to look at. They offer so much information.
0: Um, there's a lot of cra- There's a lot of crowds. In your illustration, and so that's kind of fun to, in the illustrations in Mati's book so that there's a lot of um, different people to point at. Well, this one looks like this, and this is dressed in this outfit, and these guys yeah. are working in the fields, and their outfits are different. And it, it has it says a lot about
1: class and um, things like that as well. Very important. Yeah. And I often have conversations with children when I visit their schools about um About the things that Beatriz Pidal, the illustrator of Marti's Song for Freedom, did that surprised me and that were wonderful and interesting to me, because I also think that children, in many ways, read like authors who are seeing their book illustrated for the first time. They're sort of finding all of these gems. Um, I don't know, Cindy. Do you feel like you've had conversations about the illustrations in your books with children that surprised you, or that they discover things that you didn't see?
2: Oh, absolutely! I I think one really important thing about my book, my books, um, the graphic designer is uh, Mexican American, and he uses a color palette uh, that is Mexican. It, it's very, very, very vibrant. Just these screaming yellows and oranges and lime greens, and I this is to toddlers. I I, they're so attracted to the mm. colors in these books. Um, yes, and of course the you know I'm I'm a firm believer that cute sells, and um, <laughs> I I you know the the images are really cute and they're very appealing to children. Um, so and I I do yeah. th-
0: I do think that the design the by. El Paso designer Sergio Gomez, whose father was an artist who grew up in Paral. So I think that um, his sense of of the the Mexican backdrop or the Mexican aesthetic is really strong. And that really adds to to the design of your early concept books.
2: Absolutely. But the vibrancy really attracts young children. Just the vibrancy of the colors is... I I just see toddlers, you know, there'll be a pile of books and they they will pick up one of the books because they're just so loud and so vibrant.
0: <laughs> they're bright and colorful. Yeah, that's great. And it's interesting too that um, of the two books that we're looking at here, um, they are published by Lee and Lowe by Cinco Puntos and then Lee and Lo's imprint is the Children's Book Press and all three of these presses have, over the years, um, without too much fanfare, just been um, stepping up to the diversity place, not because anybody told them to, but just because of where we live or, or how we think. And um, it, it's an interesting thing that, that the two of you are here talking as representatives of those, of those presses, of those, that background. I think that it's really important, especially now in the middle of um dialogues about about bigger presses um maybe preempting uh, other stories from, from other cultures. <clears throat>
2: yeah. No, it is interesting how suddenly everyone else has gotten on the bandwagon. Right. Uh, with yeah. the work, work those two publishers have done for years.
0: And and yeah. and children Children's Book Press was doing this way back in the beginning. So we, we've we always admired their work and are glad that Lee and um uh, was able to work with them and, and pick up that imprint. It's very important.
1: Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, one of the things about working on Mephi's Song for Freedom at Lee and Lo Books, that was very interesting. Um, I, 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 it was interesting and it shouldn't be. I wish it were more often the case, but that I do think was a really special thing about the editorial process of that book is that um basically everybody who worked on the book was a um was latina themselves i mean so my agent Adriana Dominguez is um your ryan american my editor Jessica Echeveria um was also latina um and um of course the illustrator Beatriz Vidal so that that lent a um, just a real um, just a real sense of commitment and drive and passion to the project that um, that was just really special and I'm I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to work with that team.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, hats off to them. I would like to know what from either of you what your next book is. Cindy, I kind of know what your next book is, but let's (laughs) let's talk about it. And Emma, also, I'd like to know what you're working on next or what's coming out next. So Cindy, why don't you go first?
2: Well, I am so excited about my next book. It's called *Vamonos: Mexican Folk Art Transport in English and Spanish. And I don't want to give it away um but i'm going to um so little animals uh, i i we i worked with wood carving artists in oaxaca for this one four different ones um spread throughout the uh valley and um they they did these wonderful wonderfully adorable um wood carvings of animals on different methods of transport. They're in buses, they're on skateboards, they're on burros, they're, um, they are on skateboards and uh, where are they all going? Of course, they're going to the library. (laughs)
0: Uh
1: Cool. That's great. It's going to be a delightful book. Yeah. Emma, what are you working on? Um, Oh, I'm so tickled by the, um, by the end of your book, Cindy, Um, (laughs) by the twist. So I am, well, I'll tell you what else I have um, that was recently out. I um, published my first middle grade in 2019. So that book is called Silver Meadows Summer. It is a story about 11-year-old Carolina and her family's move from Puerto Rico to um, upstate New York. And it is a story about summer camp and about new friends and um, just, uh, y- you know, it's, a, it's about moving to a new place, but also about being an 11-year-old Latina in the United States and all of the experience that, um, all of the experiences that Carolina has that summer. And my next book um, is actually a book that I am co-publishing with, or have co-written with Adam Gidwitz. It is for Adam's series, The Unicorn Rescue Society.
0: Oh, great! Um, yeah, well, so that's David David Bowles, who's published with Cinco Puntos as part of that series as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So this will be um, a the next volume in the series, and uh, we are writing about Cuba. We're writing about a Cuban sea serpent. Um, so this has been really a fun collaboration. So I'm looking forward to that coming out in May.
2: Oh too. Um, I I can't wait to read it. <laughs> it's
1: it's really a lot of fun. It's um it's the series is such a fun concept and it was it was difficult but also really um quite meaningful to think about bringing these characters to Cuba and trying to talk to very, very young children because the Unicorn Rescue Society's readership is a little bit younger than some of the other middle grade work I've done um, about the complexities of, of of Cuba and the United States, and so um, my I, I hope that we have succeeded in in presenting Cuba in a way that is accessible to to very young readers. So um, that will be out in May. That sounds great for
0: for both of you. I'm looking forward to both these books. Do you have any other questions for each other um, before we close, or have we? I feel like we could talk for maybe two or three weeks, but um, there's a, there's a lot to talk about, and I hope we get to meet one day. But do you have a question for each other? Or?
2: Well, we know each other quite well, actually. Well, there you go. So no questions so. here. <laughs>
0: and you're both you're both there in New York, right?
2: Yeah, we're both here in New to York.
1: coffee
2: so. We've, yes. No. We yes. My question is, when are we going to get together socially and uh, <laughs> catch up?
0: <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Well, thank you both for for being part of Pandulce today. This is Cynthia Weil and Emma Otegi, and we just look forward to the we we congratulate you on your important work, and we look forward to the work that's coming out from both of you. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much,
2: Lee. Take care, Amanda. Cindy.
1: Take care. Bye bye.